Hey guys, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I want to share with you three stories that happened just today. And they're great examples of uh, imagining the wish fulfilled, entering the new state, and allowing it to come about. And a, and a good example of what Neville calls bridge of incidents, getting from that point of conception of your wish fulfilled to actually seeing it borne out in your life. So the first story starts early this morning when I dropped my son off to get his driver's license at the DMV. Now, a little backstory on this son. He had gone through, uh, in this state, I'm not sure what it's like in other states and other countries, but here you have to go through driver training and you know pay $350 for driver training and take the you take the written test and the driving test and then you take your scores your sealed scores to the driver's bureau the DMV to get your license now when this son f went through the course he took his driving test and the instructor <laughs> I wasn't there but Kim shared with me that the lady was rather rude uh, when she was explaining how badly our son drove and naming all these different things he has to work on and saying that he failed the test, that he couldn't get his license. Now, he'd passed the written test so he could get his permit. So anyway, uh, we waited. He waited. He wanted to uh, get a car as well. And so he wanted to do everything at once, get his car, get his driver's license, and all of that in, you know, within a matter of days when he was ready to do it. So comes to today, the plan was, now according to what the instructor told us and what the DMV had, had said originally, uh, because he had failed the written test, I mean the driving test, he had to pay for the permit, go and get the learner's permit, pay for that, and then turn around and pay for the driving exam again, the driving test, this time at the DMV and pay for the new license. So he was going to have to chunk out about a hundred bucks today. I admire this in my son. And when he wants something, he's going to get it done. So the plan was today, he, I drop him off early before the DMV even opens, an hour early. So he could be the first in line. And sure enough, he was. So he could get his permit and then wait there for the scheduled driver's test an hour and a half later, and then get his driver's license. So I dropped him and I went about my business bringing my daughter to school and my plan was to go back and meet him in time for the driver's test so he could use our vehicle to take the test. He'd only been there, they'd only been open maybe 30 minutes, the DMV, and he texted me and said, I have my license, come get me. And I was like, what the hell? How do you have your license? And so I questioned him a few times, you know, wait, you sure it's the license? It doesn't say anything about drive learning permit on it. Take a picture of it front and back. Let me see it. It sure looked like a driver's license to me, looked like a full driver's license. Still wasn't quite sure, but um, I told him, go up to the front desk and just check with the woman. Just say, hey, is this a full driver's license? I just want to make sure before I leave. And the woman said, yes, that's what he told me. So he texted me back and said, they said it's a full license. And I said, I'm on my way. So when I picked him up, he told me the story. Now he was supposed to pay for the permit. He had to pay the 38 or 40 bucks for the permit. I can't remember how much it was, somewhere in there. 
And then he was going to have to pay the extra the $50 for the driving test and then pay to get his license as well. And all that was going to be today. He brings up the sealed scores to the desk to uh, get his permit. And he tells the woman that he needs to get, his, get this done before his driving test at 930. And he said she looked at him kind of funny after she opened the envelope, looked at him like, what, what is he talking about? So she didn't say anything. Nothing was really said. She worked, got the documents inputted, the information off of it, took his picture, and then handed him his driver's license, not permit. And so we looked at the scores because they gave us back this, the now opened envelope of scores. And the woman, the instructor, months ago had said he failed the test, that he could only get his permit. But nowhere in the documentation was anything about permit only. And in fact, the scores were plenty high enough to pass the driving test. So even though they told us he failed, the, driving, the scores that they gave us from the driving school indicated that he passed and he was able to get his full driver's license today. And on top of that, they didn't charge him for anything. He didn't have to pay for the permit or the license or any, any of it. So that was cool. And I told uh, Kim about that. We were talking about it. And she said she, this morning, had imagined that it would go well for him. So I, wanted, I asked her again before I started the episode, started recording, what did you imagine? And she said she imagined just a little scene where she was taking a picture of him. She saw him through her phone's camera, standing next to his car, his new car, holding his driver's license up. And him proud and excited and, and her feeling proud and excited for him. She said it, it was just a moment. It was just a quick little scene of me taking a picture of him holding his driver's license up, standing next to his car. And that's all she did. And Kim knows how this operates. She knows what Neville caused the law. She knows that what we imagine, what we assume to be true is what we experience for ourselves and for others. And so knowing this and knowing that even when we imagine something good for, in this case, like for my son, she knows that things come back even better. That's the state she dwells in naturally, that when she imagines something, she knows she's got what she wants and it's going to be even better than she imagined. And in this case, this was great. So he got his license instead of having uh, to pay for the permit and take the driving test again and pay for the license. He gets his permit with no extra charge, and we're out the door by 8.30. Now, from my point of view, I imagine today, I personally did not want to be doing all that today uh, as far as getting him to the DMV because he doesn't have his car yet. Today, it was supposed to be him doing all of this, taking the, doing, getting the permit, taking the driving te driver's test, getting his driver's license, and then from there, we had to spend a few hours going to pick up his new car, and all of these different things. Now, me, making this all about me, I did not want to spend my whole day doing that. Yeah, I know, but you're a dad. You're his dad. You're being selfish. Yeah, but I wanted it today to be, I wanted my schedule freer to be freer. I wanted to do an episode today, and uh, that's all I did was just imagine doing an episode. I didn't imagine, you know, anything with my son or anything like that. I just imagined having enough time to to 
comfortably do another feeling twisty episode today. And that's just it. I just assumed that I had done it. I didn't imagine a scene. I just knew I was going to have time and didn't put any prerequisites on it, that it had to be in this time frame or this time or whatever. So it works out today that what turned out was going to be a day of us you know, spending several hours after getting the driver's license and then going and getting the, the vehicle and then going to the title company and getting, his, getting it registered and all of this stuff, the car insurance. It turns out the, the place that we're buying the vehicle from, the, the man isn't available. Too busy today to do anything. So that freed up my schedule and I was able to get some shopping done and sit down and do an episode today. And still things worked out for Caius. He got his driver's license with no problem and no extra cost. And we're getting the car tomorrow. Everything worked out perfectly for both of us. And he's cool with waiting till tomorrow to get the car. He's jazzed about not having to fork out a hundred bucks to get his license today. So it worked out for both of us. That actually is, I said three stories, but this is turning into 3.5 stories because I added that little bit about me. But that's how it turned out. Now, on to the next story. I went to the grocery store to get a few things. I, a couple of just odds and ends that uh, a shoe rack that Kim has been reminding me to get that I keep forgetting to get. A couple of things. Uh, nothing real big. And of course, toilet paper was on my grocery list. <laughs> Not because, oh my gosh, the world is running out of toilet paper, but oh, we're down to a few rolls. We need to get some more toilet paper. So I didn't even really think about it being a problem. And I get to the store and what the ever live in hell? Every shelf of toilet paper is completely empty. Completely empty. And, and I just laughed at it, the silliness of it all. And I didn't freak out about it or get upset or worry like, oh, how, you know, what, am I gonna go, <laughs> what are we going to do with no toilet paper? Uh, I just kind of laughed it off. Like, that's crazy. And I went about my business, got the few other things that I needed, checked out. And then I went from there. I had to go to a Sam's. Sam's is like, uh, if you don't have a Sam's, that is like Costco you know, one of those big warehouse stores. So there I wanted to get, that's where I always get the good, uh, very lean ground meat because I wanted to make hamburgers tonight. So that's what I was going for. Well, hamburgers, vodka, and hamburger buns. <laughs> that's what I was going for. And while I was there, I thought, well, let me just see if there's toilet paper here. Again, not panicking, not worried about it, just while I'm here, let me look. And they were completely empty. In fact, there was a mob of people standing around a forklift, a guy trying to lower a pallet of toilet paper down onto the floor. And there was a mob of people around him trying to get to the toilet paper. It reminded me of Black Friday. And that's when I pulled into the parking lot at Sam's. The entire parking lot was packed. And it was packed like a Black Friday sale. It was crazy. It's never that packed. I rarely see it that busy, and especially not at 11 a.m. on a weekday. And as I drove in, and here's where I imagined my experience at Sam's. I was driving, looking for a parking spot, down one aisle, up another one, down another one, up another one, <laughs> and I found an empty spot. But as I'm looking at all these cars and all these filled spots, I just knew 
I imagined getting out of there easily. And I didn't create a scene, an imaginal scene. I just knew right then, decided, oh, this is not going to be a problem. I'm going to be in and out. Now, if you've ever been to these warehouse stores, the checkout lines can get crazy long on a normal day. And a day like this, when I walked in, I looked down and I saw checkouts were packed, lines of people stocked full of uh, water bottles, lots of water bottles. Again, don't know why water bottles are a panic item because uh, our city water supply is running. I don't, you know, but anyway, again, I already knew because I had assumed that I would have no problem getting in and out of Sam's while I was in the parking lot. I went about my business, peeked in on the mob trying to get to the toilet paper, went on, grabbed my vodka, plenty of vodka there, good going, Sam's, got my ground beef, my hamburger buns, and some salad. And I go up to the, I always use the self-checkout area, and in that area, it was lined with people. And so I pull up to uh, one of the checkouts, and there's a few people ahead of me, several people, and their carts are full, but I look down the aisle, down, and it's everybody. Everybody's got similar amounts of people in the line, so I just picked one and got in it. Now, about a minute later, uh, felt like a couple of minutes, but I'll, let's just say a minute later, a man behind me says, sir, excuse me, you cut in line. We are behind you. And I look behind him and I did not see this line of people behind me. When I pulled up, I did not notice anybody there. Uh, they weren't, there was a huge gap in the line. I never would have noticed, you know, I wouldn't have even assumed they were in that line had I even seen him standing there. So he tells me, you need to move. You're in our line. So I kind of chuckled because I thought that was silly because I had four items and he had a huge bunch and I didn't think me being in front of him would be that big of a deal, but I didn't get upset about it. I said, all right, no problem. And I carried on, moved on past the next checkout, past the next checkout. And then I spotted a checkout toward the end that had two people in it. And one was about, was pulling her receipt off and the other one had just like two or three things. And I moved, slid right into there, got in, checked out and not gloating or anything. I just want to see where this guy was. I looked behind me and he's still in the same spot he was when he told me to buzz off. He, his line hadn't moved at all. And I was out the door. Now, there was, you know, I didn't get upset at him for telling me to get out of get out of his line that I had cut because he was part of what Neville calls my bridge of incident. He was part of me getting in and out of there easily. They're coming from a different state of consciousness. The old me, I would have been, well, as soon as I saw the, the packed parking lot, I would have been, you know, burning up ticked off already that Walmart's out of toilet paper and all this and people are crazy and dad blame it why are they acting like this and then I would have gone in with a hot head and I probably would have snapped at the guy I probably would have argued with him and told him to you know f off or something no telling what I would have said but I would not have been in a lovely state of mind and so I wouldn't have experienced the in and out the easy in and out that I wanted but that's what I assumed to be true before I entered the store, I knew this was going to be easy. And had he not told me to buzz off, 
I would have still been stuck in line with him over there in that slower checkout. But he was part of me, my wish being fulfilled. Do you see what I'm saying? That somebody that appeared to be, I could have taken to be rude to me and started an argument with him about it. Well, I didn't see you standing there. Why don't you scoot up? But I didn't do that. But he played the part perfectly to get me to move to an easier checkout. And I know you're thinking, well, that's, that's a simple story. That's easy. You're not talking about big stuff. It doesn't matter. Because we're all imagination. Consciousness is the only reality. And knowing that it was going to be easy for me to get in and out, that's what played out. And that man played his part to get me to that wish fulfilled. And it's the same imagining when it's something that you think is big. It is. All right, so back to the, uh, the third story, still dealing with toilet paper. While I'm in the checkout, there's a little lady, I think her name's Deborah. Very sweet lady. She's like four feet tall, but she loves to drink. She, she, every day after work, she gets off at two and she, she loves, we always talk about, you know, drinks. I know it sounds like, gee, Mike always talks about alcohol. But anyway, we, we always chat because I go get my vodka from Sam's because, you know, get a half gallon at a great price. So she's a crown drinker. And so we talk about that and pick at each other, her being a crown fan and me being a gin and vodka uh, fan. Anyway, so she comes to say hi to me as I'm checking out. And I mentioned to her like how crazy this whole toilet paper thing is. And she said, we'll come back tomorrow at 7 a.m. That's when they open for the business membership. She said, come here at seven. There will be toilet paper then. But if you wait till 10, there won't be any left. So you have to come then. And as she's saying it, I'm already in my mind, I'm telling myself, no, not doing it. Not do, I'm not getting up at seven, getting out of the house at seven to try to beat people to, to, to the toilet paper. I don't do that. I'm not going to fight for something like that. It's going to work out fine. Again, not panicking about the toilet paper. You know, how am I going to wipe my bum? I just knew that that whole thing was not a problem. And I never imagined a scene. You know, I didn't imagine a scene of me using the toilet paper. I just knew that that shortage isn't going to affect me. Not, not something that I have to worry about. In fact, as I was thinking about the toilet paper and I saw the mob, I did think, well, it's a good thing I'm not worried about it. I'd be panicking too if I bought into the hysteria. And then I was rolling past the mob of the toilet paper uh, hounds and thought about that, how easy today is because I'm not running around trying to buy up all the bleach if there were any left or the Lysol if there was any left or the hand sanitizer if there was any left. I'm not going into that super hysterical prep mode. And in fact, I even said to myself, I'm not, I'm not a prepper. I'm not going to prep for this. And I'm certainly not going to panic for it. And as we're talking about the toilet paper, and she says, come back tomorrow at 7 a.m. And I'm thinking, nah, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> so I check out and I leave. And as I'm leaving, uh, traffic is just backed up on, in my area near my neighborhood. In fact, it's so backed up, there's a little accident 
uh, right in front of the street where my street intersects the main road where I was coming down. So I could not get into my, into my house, uh, even if I wanted to. There was a fire truck there, and both vehicles were blocking the entrance, so I could not get in. So I'm talking to Kim on the phone then, and I'm telling her how, gee, I've got ground meat and salad that I need to keep cool, and I, I can't get into the neighborhood. And she just said, well, go see your parents and put it in their, their refrigerator. And then I was like, duh, because I wanted to go say hi to them anyway today. So I just passed up my neighborhood and went to hang out with them for a little while. And uh, we get there, and I put the food on ice. In fact, in, not in the refrigerator, but my dad always has these bottles of ice uh, in his deep freeze for situations like this when you need to keep food cold and you're moving around. So we bagged the food and put the ice all over it. So I got to hang out, had a lovely visit with my parents. Uh, you know, I love chatting with them. And now they're elderly. They're, they're right near the, they're in the red zone where people say, you know, these are the ones that are dying from coronavirus. And we kind of joked about it. And my dad laughed it off and it, my mom laughed. And she said, that's so silly. And we talked about how if, you know, if they were that, if the viruses had that kind of power over us, things like that, then they would have been dead long ago from plenty of other viruses and bacteria running around, you know? So they weren't giving any power to this, to the news. And we kind of made some jokes about the media hyping it up and the panic people, the hysteria uh, all around the city, the people buying up stuff. Anyway, it was a lovely visit with them, and we got to talking about the toilet paper, and I joked about all of that, what happened to me at Walmart and Sam's, and I didn't ask my dad for anything, he, but he says, Do you, are you out of toilet paper? And I said, well, we're down to like a roll or two. He said, well, go ahead and take, take a pack. I have plenty, and my dad stocks up, so he had several big packs, those Sam's packs of toilet paper, the, the big packs, and so... He handed off a huge pack of toilet paper to me, and now we're fine. We're good. I never panicked. I didn't worry about it. I didn't ask him for help for it. I just knew that everything was fine. I was not going to get into panic and prep mode and start buying stuff up and go on the hunt for toilet paper around this town. I know these stories uh, might seem like they don't apply in your situation because it seems like simple little things, but it's, it is not any different than what you're going through because it all comes down to what you're imagining. And I've noticed in my life when, when things don't go my way, it's because I'm raging against it. I'm raging against circumstances instead of surrendering to my wish fulfilled. That makes so big a difference. When you stop going to battle against circumstances and move in imagination into that state of your wish fulfilled, assume the feeling that you are that person already. I went into Sam's knowing I was going to be in and out with no problem. And in spite of the crazy lines, this man who did not like me cutting in line makes me move and, put, and moves me to a line that I check out very quickly and I'm out the door before he even has a chance to move forward at all. And then Kim, imagine Caius 
has his driver's license in his car. In just a simple scene, seeing through her own eyes, imagining, holding her phone up, taking a picture of him, seeing him through the phone's image, the camera app, standing next to his car holding his license. Yeah, he didn't have his car yet, but that's tomorrow. And he's got his license today with no extra cost, and in spite of the fact that they said he failed the test. Looking at the scores, by the way, he did not fail. He scored very uh, very well on it. Not 100, mind you, <laughs> but he scored enough to pass. In spite of the fact that the instructor who filled out the score sheet said he failed. But Kim imagined differently for him, and it turned out wonderfully for him. With just that little simple scene. Now, the scene isn't the power. There's no power in the scene. It's what Kim knew to be true, what that scene implied. She'd already experienced taking a picture of him, happy and excited and proud, standing next to his car, holding his license. Snap took a picture and knew that it was done. And the whole toilet paper business, I never panicked. I never once thought, I need to, this is going to be bad. I knew, seeing that mob of people, that I was glad I wasn't doing that. I'm not in that panic state. I'm not in that hoarding state. I knew it wasn't a problem. And the accident and the traffic backup led me to my parents' house and a wonderful visit with them. And in the middle of the conversation, dad offers me a pack of toilet paper. Didn't worry about it. Now we're good to go for a few days. <laughs> now Neville says it so well in his lectures and his books that whatever your wish is, whatever your desire is, what you really, really want, one of the simplest ways to bring up the feeling of that wish fulfilled is to imagine a scene. Put yourself in the scene, first person experience, seeing through your own eyes, not seeing yourself from a distance, like you're watching a home video of yourself, or from above, like you're watching, like a bird watching down. No, see yourself as you normally see yourself. Look around you right now. What are you seeing? Do you see your whole body? No. You might see your hands or your legs, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, depending on your nose size, you might see part of your nose <laughs> when you're looking, looking around. Or your hair coming down over part of your uh, face. You're seeing through your own eyes. You're putting yourself into the scene. You're living the scene right now. Just like when you imagine, you remember a situation, bad or good, from your past. A conversation or a lovely experience. You're remembering it through your own eyes. You're seeing what happened through your own eyes. And so you do that with this simple little scene. Imagine yourself in the scene living out this whatever the activity is that implies the wish is fulfilled. And if you know that what you imagine, what you assume to be true, will be born out in your life, if you know that imagining creates reality, you already get that part, then you know that you planted the seed and it's done. And you live from the wish fulfilled. You're seeing the world from your wish fulfilled. Kim didn't worry about Caius. She imagined the little scene and went about her business this morning, not concerned or checking in on me or checking in on him. She knew it was done, and it worked out even better. Simple little scene, imagining the wish fulfilled, and it's done.
for me, the toilet paper and the Sam story, you know, driving in the parking lot, I didn't imagine a scene. I just knew, I decided that I wasn't going to have a problem. That's still an imaginal act, assuming the feeling of my wish fulfilled. I knew as I was parking, this isn't a problem. That's the same thing. The scene gets you to that same feeling of the wish fulfilled, that it's done. And so I'm walking in and people are had these panicked looked on their face looks on their faces and people just going crazy around me. And I'm just smiling and joking with people and talk, chatting with this elderly couple as we're walking in and calm and easy because I know I'm living for my wish fulfilled. And in this moment, it was getting in and out of this store easily. That's a different state. I moved into a new state. And then the whole toilet paper thing. Again, didn't imagine using toilet paper or having plenty of toilet paper in my cabinets. I just saw the mob and remembered how I used to be, how I used to panic and being grateful that I'm not a hoarder and a panicker anymore. Moving into a different state. Or that case, I was already in my state. I'm just relishing in the fact that I'm no longer in that state. But I decided right there it wasn't a problem, that I wasn't going to have to have, have a problem with toilet paper. Or I wasn't going to get into prep and panic mode. So that was me refusing to enter an unlovely state. Just not going there, not going to do it. And then it worked out in, a conver- in the conversation with my father. I got some toilet paper. Hallelujah. But never was worried about it. Neville says in his lecture, examine yourselves. If in the course of the day, you continue to see what you saw yesterday, the day before, and the day before that, you have not moved and your world has not changed. So what he's talking about there is you haven't moved into the state and remained in the state of your wish fulfilled. Just using these examples today, if Kim, after imagining the scene that she imagined, Kai has his license, happy and proud, clicked with the camera, it took a second in her imagination, but she knew it was done. If she had started worrying and kept texting me and Caius about, do you have your license? Do you have your license? What's going on? You know, she is still seeing her surroundings, seeing the world as she did previously. She would be what Neville is talking about here, that if you continue to see what you saw yesterday, the day before, the day before that, you have not moved. Had she continued to doubt and worry about Caius, worried that it was going to be a problem or he wasn't going to pass his driving test, she was still seeing the world as she did before she imagined that he got his license without a problem. Do you see what I'm saying? Before she imagined that was one state, and then she imagined he got it with no problem, and she shifted into that new state of consciousness. Had she been concerned and worried and fretted about it, she had not truly moved into that new state or hadn't stayed there. And for me, had I seen the parking lot, imagined like I did, assumed it it wasn't going to be a problem, yet I walked into Sam's and saw the crowd and then started getting upset and worried, oh gosh, this is going to take forever. And then started fighting with people, trying to edge people out, get around people and get frustrated and then see the mob of people around the one pallet of toilet paper. Then I could have yanked myself out of that state. 
I would have gone back to worrying about it or going, gone into a state of worry that I'm, this is not going to be easy. I'm going to be stuck here for a long time. Oh, I hate coming to Sam's. Oh, I hate people that panic. Oh gosh, now I'm panicking. I would not have truly moved into that new state of consciousness. Do you see what I mean? The difference from dwelling in the state of your wish fulfilled and imagining a state, moving in it, and then getting bumped right back out of it and not getting back into that state. There's the difference. Like Neville says, if you're, if you're seeing the things you saw yesterday and the day before and the day before that, you have not truly moved. Not meaning that everything changes, not like you know the sky becomes pink and your dog can now fly, but why not? But not that different. He's saying that if, if you're seeing circumstances and you're reacting to circumstances the exact way you were before you imagined your wish fulfilled, then you have not truly moved. And you might have planted the seed, but you're certainly not dwelling in it. But when you move into the state of the wish fulfilled, for me, you really do know it. You feel the difference. You feel the satisfaction of moving, of knowing it's done. And if doubts come up, or you notice you're getting frustrated, bring that feeling back up. One more quote from Neville. You are ready the minute you enter into the thought, feel its reality, and accept the state as fact, and it will come. If it be long in the coming, wait in that feeling of factual acceptance. That quote is also from Examine Yourselves. If it be long in coming, Wait in that feeling of factual acceptance. I like the way he said it there. Instead of saying living in the end or thinking from your wish fulfilled. When I saw the parking lot full, I moved right then into this isn't going to be a problem. That's me entering the thought, feeling its reality, and accepting that new state as fact. And I continued in that feeling of factual acceptance. So let's say you're sick. And you've imagined being healthy. And then tomorrow you get up and you're still having to, you know, crawl over and roll into your wheelchair. That doesn't mean you weren't successful. That doesn't mean you didn't move into the state of the wish fulfilled and successfully plant the seed. No. Continue in that feeling of factual acceptance that it is done. And if you start to feel worried and you start to react in a way that, you, that indicates you're doubting or you're impatient, bring up that feeling. Remind yourself, no, I've already experienced this in imagination. And I know my imagining creates my reality. I don't have to keep redoing the scene. I can just bring that feeling back up, that knowingness, that satisfaction of its being done. I'm not a farmer and I don't plant a lot of plants. My dad does a lot. I get my veggies and stuff from him, tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and uh, basil, purple basil, regular basil, all this great stuff. But I do know when you plant a seed in the soil, you know, you start in the planter, these little boxes like an egg crate and you, you plant the seeds in each little cup. And you water it and, you know, do all the things you got to do to it to let it grow. But I, I do know this, 
that you don't put the seed in the soil and then you jam your thumb down on it and keep pressing the seed farther and farther into the dirt and just squeeze it and push and push and push. That's not how you get anything to grow. Plant the seed and surrender to it. Let the seed do its thing. Allow it to break open and sprout. And like my dad waters and tends to the, the seedlings, you tend to your imaginal act, your wish fulfilled, this new state of consciousness, by checking in on the state, checking in on what you're thinking and feeling throughout the day, your inner dialogue. What am I thinking about right now? Am I worried? Am I concerned? Am I impatient? <sighs> Let me get back to that feeling of surrender, allowing the state to do what the state does. There's so much difference between forcing it and just surrendering to it. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.